friends, my name is Alyssa Razor, and I am the founder of the online ministry Magnified, and I want to welcome you to Season 2 of the Magnified Podcast, Detecting the Lies, where our mission is to bring awareness to the battle in which you find yourself in every day. What is this battle? It is the battle for your soul. More than that, the battle is over how and where you use your energy. If Satan can take over your mind and heart and what affects your actions, he has won the battle. That is why this podcast is all about getting to the root of the lies we believe and how to fight back with the word of truth. Before we jump into today's episode, make sure and check us out on the Magnified Instagram and Facebook page at Magnified4016, where you can receive more encouragement on a weekly basis from me. Also, if you liked today's episode, make sure to give us a review and let us know what you thought of today's episode. I also want to bring to your attention that each week in the show notes I place resources, songs relating to today's episode, and the scriptures that have been mentioned in the episode. That way, if you ever wonder what were the exact scriptures or the resources that I mentioned, you can find them all in one place in the show notes. The songs are just a bonus and a great source of truth when battling the lies of Satan. You will also find in the show notes the two alerts that I mentioned in the episodes. These are just more ways on how to fight off the enemy and his lies that we face every day. So now, with all of that being said, my dear friends, let's get ready to jump into today's episode and get ready to detect the lies together. Enjoy! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Magnified Podcast. I am so thankful and so excited that you have decided to listen to yet another episode of Magnified Podcast, Detecting the Lies. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad you are here. I hope you feel just like you belong here and that you are known, you are seen, you are loved because you are all those things. I'm just so grateful that you have decided to join me here tonight for another episode of the Magnified Podcast. Before we get into this episode anymore, let's say a quick prayer. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much for allowing us to be able to have another night to dig into your word. Lord, to learn from you, to glean from you, God, to receive strength and encouragement for yet another day, for another night, for another week to come. Lord, I'm so thankful that you're just a God who loves us, who just wants to pick us up and help us to keep going, to keep running the race that is set before us. And I pray that you would help us just continue to run and keep running the race that is before us pray these words might encourage someone, they might help someone out there, they might help defeat the lies they're believing about their bodies, about their minds, about their hearts, about whatever it is that Satan is throwing at them. God, I pray that this might be a tool, it might be a way that they might be fight back against the enemy and his lies and his schemes and that Satan would just lose today. Or that today might be the day that Satan loses his battle. God, I thank you that you've already won the ultimate battle, but I thank you that you're here right now to help us fight the little battles that are happening in our minds every single day. Lord, I just pray that you please encourage us with your words tonight, and may we just be open to whatever it is you have for us. It's in your great and awesome name I pray. Amen. Alright you guys, so for tonight, this episode is actually part two to the last episode, which was all about how our bodies are not our own. And in the last episode, part one, if you did not hear that one, by the way, highly recommend that you go back and listen to that one. If you have not listened to the first one, part one was all about the lie, my body is my own. In part two, this episode is still going to be about that, but in part one, we specifically looked at a few things, and one of the things that we looked at is that Satan's goal with this lie that our bodies are our own is to take ownership of something that is not our own and make us forget who we belong to. So I'm gonna say it one more time. Satan's goal with us believing the lie that our bodies are our own is to take ownership of something that is not our own and make us forget 
who we belong to. And kind of like a side thought to this is that Satan wants to get us as far away from God as we can get to have no aim and no purpose in life. Satan knows what we are capable of and it scares him. And when I have that thought that what's living inside of me, because if we're Christians and the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that scares Satan half to death. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me just a little bit happy. Like, I have the victory. Like, you're never going to win in my life, no matter how hard you try. I belong to the Almighty King. I'm a daughter of God, and you can never change that. No matter how hard you try, you cannot change that. We have to be aware of that, because if we're not aware that Satan's trying to get us off the road to Jesus and the race that Jesus has set before us, then we're going to be easily swayed. We're easily going to be swayed and Satan can easily take the battle. But if we know the enemy's schemes, if we know that Satan is going to try to get us off the path, off our race with Jesus, then we can have the tools and we can learn and we can train and we can, with Almighty God on our side, go to battle each day with Satan knowing that in the end, Jesus wins we have the ultimate victory and Jesus is waiting on the other side of this world that we live in. So Satan's goal with this lie that our bodies are our own is to get us as far away as God as we can get, to take ownership of something that's ours, to build up pride within ourselves and say that we know what's best for our bodies. We know what is best for us, how to live our lives, and we can take ownership of our bodies. And so in the first part, part one of this episode, we learned how we can fight against that and know that we are only stewards and not owners of our bodies and how to fight against four other lies that the world tries to tell us. Big lie that we believe about our bodies and that is that it's ours. It's ours. We can do what we want with it. It does not matter what anybody else says we should do with our body. It doesn't matter what God says we do with our bodies. Our bodies are our own. And this is clearly a lie of the enemy. The truth that we looked at to combat this lie that our bodies are our own is that we have been bought at a price. And we looked at a passage of scripture. It was 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 12 through 20. And to kind of segue a little bit into this part two episode, I want to read those verses to kind of refresh our memory of where this lie and the truth that we are fighting against this lie are grounded in. So that when someone says, hey, your body's your own, you do you, that sort of a thing, we can go right back to scripture and hear these passages of scripture of truth from God's word and say, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, that's not true. My body has been bought at a price. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ now. So I'm going to go ahead and read those verses. And as I do, let them soak in because even if you forget, everything that I say in this podcast, I really hope and pray that these words will be ones that you never forget. So without further ado, let's go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verses 12, and then I'll kind of skip around a little bit, but the whole little passage, if you want to look at later, goes through verse 20. So it's 1 Corinthians 6 verses 12 through 20. It says this, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? 
Never. And then this is verse 17. Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And then moving down to verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Again, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And to kind of go along with this idea that our bodies are not our own, I also want to read a scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 9. And I'm going to read through 10 and then skip down a little bit. But it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then jumping all the way down to verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So guys, this is all about how we've been bought at a price. Because of what Christ has done on the cross, because of who we are now, because of Jesus, we're not no longer living for ourselves. And I know I say this all the time on the podcast, but I think that this is the basis, the new foundation of how we are to fight off Satan's lies is that we're not ourselves anymore. That is not who we are. We are not our sinful natures and fleshly desires anymore. Those things are just so far removed from us. Like, they just don't even exist anymore. And Satan likes to bring them up and say, no, this is who you are. Remember this. Remember this is what you did. Remember and just shame and condemnation. And my friends, this is not who we are anymore. We don't own our bodies anymore. They are not ours. We have been bought at a price and we are made new in Christ. And this is how we are able to now fight off the lie. Not only just our bodies are not our own, but all other lies. Saying that we're not worthy, saying we're not enough, saying that we're not loved. All of those things, like they don't even matter because we're made new. I don't know if you ever watched The Chosen, but in The Chosen, they say, I was one way and now I'm another. And the thing in between was him, meaning Jesus. And that goes exactly for you and I, friends. We are not our own anymore. So before I get on a long tangent, (laughs) because this is just supposed to be the little intro into part two, but this was just kind of a long recap of what part one is all about. And if you want to know more, if you want to go deeper into this, please check out part one of Magnify Podcast, Detecting Lies. That is episode three, part one, lie. It's your own. You can listen to it anywhere that you're listening to this podcast now. Anchor, Spotify, my website, magnifyonline.life. And we'd love for you to check it out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you ever have any questions or prayer requests, please, please, please leave me a message. Um, I will talk more about that at the end of the podcast. But before we jump into any more of the podcast, I do just quickly want to say one more thing. And I'll try to make this quick. I just want to really quickly recap. Going back to my original thing of how our bodies are not our own anymore because of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. That death and resurrection on the cross proves my point exactly and gives evidence for my point exactly for the whole theme of season two of the podcast. And the whole theme of season two is how the spiritual world connects to our physical world. 
because we're not just only spiritual beings and we're not only just physical beings we're very much both at the cross is where you see this is that jesus suffered immensely in the physical world he died one of the most brutal deaths by being pierced crowned with thorns and whips and just make fun of embarrassed i mean he was a bloody and bruised mess on the cross while nails were piercing through his wrists and ankles just a horrible death and obviously all of that is physical all of that is very much did happen to jesus christ and yet at the same time while all of this physical pain is happening he is fighting the fiercest battle that will ever happen in history and that will ever take place in history and that is he's winning the battle for all of humanity's souls he's fighting the battle to take away every sin that has ever been committed he is absolutely enduring all this pain in the spiritual world just as much as he is in the physical world after he dies there's this total darkness that comes over the land. I think even before he dies, it, it goes just dark. And when he dies, there's this violent earthquake and then the dead come back to life and it's this whole thing. I don't know how you can look at scripture and say that it's not both a spiritual and a physical battle that is happening. This is the, the theme for season two of the podcast. Our spiritual lives relate to the physical. And so the lie that we are looking into tonight and then it's the part two of is our bodies are not our own we've been bought at a price and so we therefore no longer have any say over what our bodies do how they function whatever it is all in god's hands because he created us and he created us for his glory so without further ado my dear friends let's jump into part two of the magnified podcast technical lies episode three it's yours enjoy my friends our second lie is you only live once, so satisfy your desires now. Before we get into the truth of this part of the lie, I want to talk about what it means for us to be satisfying our desires now. And I talked a lot about this in my last episode. So if you're curious as to living according to flesh, what that looks like, and what it looks like to rather be living off of the words of God and to be in his presence daily, if you want to know more how to live by the Spirit, definitely check out episode two of season two of the magnified podcast you can listen to it the same places you're listening to this podcast now it is all about living according to the spirit and not the flesh but just as a reminder or if you haven't listened to that episode living according to the flesh can look like so many different things so just a few different things here is drinking drinking not in the right ways of course it's okay to drink but when it becomes a thing you can't control anymore or it becomes becoming used for sin that is when it's the wrong thing okay so drinking drugs sex and not just sex outside of marriage but just like lustful intent and movies and tv shows things we should not be watching that are filled with that kind of stuff and pornography our thoughts in general that we can entertain about certain people all of that is sexual immorality outside of bad movies but just like wasting our time with movies tv food social media books our hobbies sports crafting instruments gaming shopping all of these things are things that satan uses to get our eyes off of jesus and onto ourselves and what makes us happy in the moment now of course all of these things they're all good things that god has blessed us with but it's only when we use them in the wrong way do they become a problem and we use these things to do whatever comforts us makes us forget our problems, removes our responsibilities, 
makes us happy or gives us peace in the moment, we turn to these things, we make them our idols in our lives, and we make them our gods instead of letting God be our comfort help us to cope with our problems, to give us that joy, peace, all of those things that we look to comfort us instead of God. So to combat this lie that you only live once to satisfy your body's desires now, to combat that lie, the truth that we can say to it is for those of us who are in Christ, we are now living in the spirit. And this kind of goes with what I was just saying is that like our old bodies, they're gone. They've been, they're, they're rotting in a grave. They're no longer a part of who we are anymore. We have been made new. And so for us who are in Christ, we are now living in the spirit. And so there's a couple of different verses that I want to read to go with this. And the first one is Galatians 5, starting with verse 1. And it says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are in Christ now. We have been set free. All the physical and fleshly desires and longings that we once had, the ones that lead to sin, are now vanished, done away with, gone, paid for at the cross. As Jesus would say, it is finished. The things that we often turn to that we make idols in our lives are things that only enslave us, right? Because it does the exact opposite of what Christ has done for us. It says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. But when we make these things our idols, when we keep having our bodies go back to these same things that we think comfort us or make us happy or satisfied, those things only enslave us. They only enslave us and make us keep going back to them for fulfillment, even though they were never made to satisfy. God has made us new so that we no longer have to obey our sinful desires anymore, but rather with freedom, obey his laws and serve him. And not necessarily his laws, but just obey the way he has us to live. If we only follow the directions he's given us to live, we would have so much joy and peace that we wouldn't be even to express it or explain it to those who asked us about it. The next few verses are Galatians 5, 13 through 26. I'm not going to read all the verses because there are a lot here, but I will have the verses written down in the show notes if you want to go back later and read it. It's a great little passage. The heading of the scripture literally says life by the spirit. So if you want to know more about how to live by the spirit, definitely check out Galatians 5, 13 through 26. But I'm just going to read a few verses here. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then it lists the acts of the flesh, and some of them are hatred, discord, jealousy, envy, drunkenness, orgies, sexual immorality. All of those things are things that the flesh produces and craves and desires. And then he goes to verse 22 and says, But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what the Spirit produces and what it's like to walk with the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love that. I love that so much. I'll read it again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. For those of us who are in Christ, we now have the Spirit dwelling in us. 
And if we are living by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. And one more slide goes directly against the lie that says my body is my own. Is In the Bible, we're actually told to rid ourselves of our sins, to throw off the sins that so easily entangle us. In the Bible, it says, we are to throw off so that we can run the race that Christ has set in front of us to run. We're supposed to rid ourselves, not keep them on us any longer. So that's just a little side point too to point out is when someone you hear says, but your body is your own or something the enemy tries to throw at you, that your body's yours. You know, it's okay to do what you're doing. It's like, no, Christ saved me to throw off these things, to rid myself, as James says, of all moral filth. To get rid of the sin that so easily entangles and run the race has been set before me the way Christ did for me. So my next truth that I want to point out under this lie that we need to satisfy our fleshly desires now is God has a plan for our lives and has given us each a purpose. Now I know this may sound kind of strange and wonder, you know, how does this relate? Because it sounds a little strange for this. In order to answer this question, I want to look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Of course, this is a very popular scripture. I do understand that. <laughs> because it's a very popular scripture, I wanted to kind of understand it a little bit deeper on a deeper level. So I'm going to explain some context to you and hopefully make you understand a little bit more of this passage and how maybe it can be significant in our lives. To give a little context of what is going on in the book of Jeremiah up to this point, I do want to mention all of this information I'm about to share all came from the Bible Project video all about the book of Jeremiah, which I'll also either have the name of or the link of in the show notes for you guys. So if you're interested in watching that video, you can go check it out. It's also just on the Bible Project YouTube channel, literally called, I think, like, Overview of Jeremiah or the book of Jeremiah, and you can find it there. But give a little bit of context of what is happening here in Jeremiah. Is Jeremiah is, first of all, an Israelite priest and was a prophet to warn Israel of breaking their covenant with God through idol worship and injustice. In the book of Jeremiah, there's a lot of God bringing in Babylon to take the Israelites into exile. And God is allowing this terrible thing to happen to the Israelite nation because they have broken their covenant with God. They've turned to idol worship. They've been not taking care of widows and people who really need to be taken care of, going directly against God's law that he set up with them. It's a lot of not good situation happening to them. When Jeremiah 29 comes along, most of the people are already in exile. This piece of scripture is actually a letter that God wanted Jeremiah to write down and deliver to his people that are already in exile. Verse 3, it says, he, meaning Jeremiah, entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Jemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So he's sending this to the people in Babylon. It's a letter, how God wants his people to be living in exile while they are there. I'm going to start with verse 4. It says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So God is basically telling them, you need to settle down in this new land. You need to make this new land your home and kind of get your lives going again. Plant vineyards 
increase in population, marry each other, begin basically a new life here. And he's going to say later on in the letter that it's going to be 70 years that these Israelites are in exile. And so he wants these people to prosper. That's something really beautiful to the side point here is that even though these people are in exile, God wants them to prosper still. He wants them to flourish in this new land. He goes on in verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And here is verse 11. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So again, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In these verses before when he's telling them to flourish and to grow and to settle down here. And then in verse 11, he makes this promise that he has these great plans for his people. That they're for a hope and a future and to prosper them, not to harm them. It's this beautiful promise that the Lord makes his people while they are actually suffering their punishment from God. When I stepped back and I thought about this as I was reading, I asked, you know, why is this significant? Why did God want them to increase in population? Why did God want them to prosper in this land of the exiles? Something that the Lord brought to me was he wanted them to be set apart, to be different. Because if the Babylonians capture them, the Babylonians are obviously going to be watching them very carefully and how they react in these situations. So if they in themselves are rejoicing, if they're prospering, if they're seeking peace for the Babylonians, this is going to be radical. This is going to be totally different than what any other person has ever seen before. And I believe God calls us to do the same thing with our bodies. We are to be radical with how we treat our bodies. We are supposed to be radical in how we treat the fleshly things of this world. And that's all about our redemption plan all along, is that he's called us out of the worldly ways and put us into this new way to be holy, clean, and pure in his sight. So part of this, that I have a hope and a future for you, is God wants us to be set apart, to be clearly not of this world. Something else I do want to mention is this is how the spiritual relates to the physical. What we physically do here on earth has eternal and spiritual impact. If we are being wholly set apart different, then we're also going to be following the will and the plan that God has for our lives. We're going to be following that good future and that prosperous future that Christ has set up for us. We're going to be doing his kingdom work. We're going to be doing things that are just different than what the rest of the world is doing. If we are to go out, be the light, and preach the gospel so that those around us may have a lasting relationship with Jesus, then that definitely is not only making a physical impact, but it's also making a huge spiritual impact. One last truth to go with this lie that we need to satisfy our desires now is there's a final destination. There is a final destination for us believers. Non-Christians, they believe that there is nothing after death, that there's nothing beyond the grave. So that's why the world, you know, advertises to buy into the lie itself that this world is as good as it gets. This is it. Live big life. Do what you want with your body. Have fun in the moment. Satisfy those lesser desires. Because for them, there is nothing beyond the grave. There is nothing more. This is as good as it gets. But for us, friend, for us Christians, there is something more coming. And let me tell you, what is to come is so much better than what we could ever fulfill our earthly desires with 
right now. So friend, when you are tempted to believe to satisfy your earthly desires now, remember that you're heaven bound. Remember that you are a citizen of heaven and that there is a final destination. The Bible says clearly we're all headed somewhere. Either we will be with him or we won't. Something the Bible says, and kind of I paraphrase from the Bible, is we are to find ourselves worthy and presentable on the day of Christ Jesus. To be worthy that we bear the name Jesus Christ. We want to know that we have been made worthy by Jesus and that we have done the best we can for his name's sake here on earth when Jesus returns. One of those scriptures that goes with this is Matthew 25, 31-46. It's a story of when Jesus separates the goats from the sheep and how he says, When you fed the least of these, when you gave this person something to drink, when you visited me in prison, when all you did all these things, you did them unto me. And we're going against the current. When we're being the light and doing what God has called us to be, we are living as if there is a final destination, as if this world is not our home. We're living as if we want to be found presentable on the day of Christ Jesus. The last little point to go under this, that if there is a final destination, is remember that we're citizens of heaven. We are no longer living for this world, like I said. Like, this world is not all there is. We have a citizenship somewhere else that is not United States, that is not Mexico, that is not Canada, that is not the UK. Wherever you may be in the world, your citizenship doesn't belong to your country. Whatever it is you clock in your time with every day, your citizenship belongs to heaven. Your heart, your soul, your habits, your worship, everything belongs to heaven. And that's where you're bound, friend. You are heaven bound in Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul talks about this very topic. In verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he's talking about running that race, staying focused on the prize and the things that are to come and not on the things of the past. He goes on to say in verse 18, it says, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is in their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body i love all the little connections that are in this from what we have been saying tonight but just once again for, but our citizenship our citizenship their minds the evil people of this world their minds are set on earthly things Friend, if you're a Christian, your mind is not supposed to be set on earthly things. It's not. Christ has saved us from that. Because, as Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. Our lives are no longer spent on earthly things, but only in view of heavenly things. Set our minds on things to come. That is what we are supposed to be dwelling on and in view of that if we know that there is heaven coming if we know that we are heaven bound then this is going to change how we live because it's so hard it's so hard to say no to fleshly desires it's so hard to not just scroll on our phone for 30 minutes because we want to it's so hard to not just keep eating food because it's fun or we enjoy it or because we're stressed and we're terrified of what the future holds. It's so hard to say no to what the flesh wants that sometimes we just give in even when we don't want to. Even when we know it's not good for us, we give in to it because it's that hard because the feeling won't go away until we do it. 
It's hard to say no to the flesh. But my friends, I love what Paul says here. It says, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. I'm kind of using this out of context here, but it is true elsewhere in the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, living inside of us. So when you have a fleshly desire that is craving to be fulfilled by something you know as a Christian, you cannot subject yourself to. Know that you don't have to say no in your strength. You have the Spirit of the Most High God dwelling in you. You have the Holy Spirit's power living inside of you that enables you to say no. That is what Titus 2, 11-14 says. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Here we go. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So I'm going to read verse 12 again. It says, it teaches us, the Spirit teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age so the grace that god has given us the spirit that lives inside of us is the thing that's going to help us say no when we can't when we can't say no we have an advocate a one that will shout no for us when we want to know okay if my body is not my own how do i honor god with my body how do i change how do i repent of this how do i walk in a new direction now that i'm saved and i think it's this have self-control and say no don't let your instant gratifications control you lift up your hands and surrender and say god i need help i don't know how to fight this anymore i keep giving into it and i'm tired of giving into it he'll be faithful he will enable you he will give you the strength and the power you need to say no and have self-control to close this episode out my dear friend i want to read one last scripture to you it's from matthew 16 and it's verses 24 through 27 and they say this then jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul for the son of man is going to come into his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what they have done and verse 24 again says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me so what's the big picture the big picture is that god has called us to be set apart and holy that we're no longer ourselves we're no longer living for the things of this world we're running after jesus in view of what is to come that is going to make us live different lives to be changed by the power of the holy spirit and to be transformed to be like christ 
let us stand up to these lies that we need to satisfy our fleshly desires and know that there is a final destination. We're all heavenward bound. We're all citizens of heaven. We're only stewards of our body. Only here for a very few years here on earth. There's a higher calling that God has a better purpose and only has good plans for lives to prosper us and give us a hope in a future and to ultimately bring others into his kingdom. To close out this vlog, let me say a quick prayer for you. Dear Lord, I thank you once again for this time that you've blessed us with. Lord, I thank you, God, that you use your word to show us our own bad faults and behaviors. Lord, the ones that you desire for us to change and the ones that you want to change in us. Thank you that you want to transform us. Thank you that you've redeemed us. Thank you that you've brought us back from the dead and have brought us to life. That you've made us new in Christ. Lord, I pray for the person on the other side of this. Lord, who knows something needs to change. Lord, who knows that they've got truth now they need to start fighting these lies off with. Lord, the enemy isn't happy about it. The enemy is hating how this person knows that change needs to happen and wants to make the change happen. So God, I pray for this person. Lord, I pray that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Lord, I pray the enemy would no longer have a say over their fleshly desires. Lord, that you would give them the power that rose Jesus from the dead. Remind them that they have that power living inside of them that can overcome these lies, that can say no to these fleshly desires so they can start living for you and for your kingdom and for no other. God, remind them who they are today. Remind them that they've been bought at a price. God, they're no longer their own but they were to rid themselves. Jesus, that now they're covered in mercy, they're covered in grace, they're covered and lavished in your love. Remind them that, they are, that they've just been bought at a price. They're no longer their own, but they're living for you. God, I pray that you would give them tools which they need to say no to the fleshly desires that just crab at them every day. Make them strong. Give them the scripture and the verses and everything else they need to fight off these lies. Thank you for who they are. Thank you for the way you created them. Thank you that you give us good things, Lord. To enjoy here on earth and god let us always be in view let us never forget the final destination there is a better day coming for those of us who are christians jesus and i pray that might be a fire inside of us to share it around to those around us thank you for who you are i thank you for your love and i thank you for your grace and mercy and it's in your great name i do pray amen right you guys thank you so much for listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it i know i loved having you here listening to it as well and i just hope you guys have a wonderful day night week whatever ahead of you before we do leave today's episode i just want to remind you that if you'd like to keep more up to date with us want a little devo and more encouragement during the week You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Magnified4016 where you can get more encouragement on a weekly basis and hear more updates, go a little bit deeper into the podcast episodes, all of those kind of things, and just kind of keep growing in your relationship with the Lord throughout the entire week. If you also have any prayer requests at any times, I would love to hear from you, love to pray for you. You can DM us on Facebook or Instagram, once again, at Magnified4016. Or you can also go to our contact page on our website at magnifiedonline.life. There is a contact page there and just a way to email us directly that we can get directly into contact with you. I'd love to pray with you, pray for you, and just give you any encouragement that you need. If you also ever have any questions or would like to go deeper into the podcast with me, I would love to chat with you, love to go deeper with you. 
Putting all of that aside, I do want to just say one more thing before we close out. That is, if you have not read my Christmas short story that I posted over Christmas, the whole month of December and a little bit of November, I would highly recommend that you check it out. It is all about a girl named Emmy who is in high school and is currently going through some things in her life that are making her question if God is really for her and with her and if he is really even there taking care of her like everyone says she is. And of course, as the story goes on, you get to be a part of some Christmas festivities that her family is involved in and she learns along the way that, hey, maybe God has been here way longer than I have ever realized. So definitely check that out. It does not have to be the Christmas season for you to read it. It'll actually probably put you in the Christmas mood if you do read it because because when I was writing it, <laughs> it definitely put me in the Christmas and holiday spirit. So I highly recommend that you do that. Also, if you don't want to read a Christmas story, I have plenty of other little short stories on my website if you'd like to check them out as well. All of them I highly recommend and I do hope and pray they change your life in some way. Alright my dear friends, with all of that being said, I will see you back in a few weeks for another podcast episode. So until next time, my dear friends, keep fighting and keep your eyes on Jesus.